Welcome. We could summarise a lot of the Psalms as David prays to God to rescue him. Because David, throughout his life, was constantly in trouble of one sort or another and needing to pray to God and ask God to save him from those troubles. But there is a difference in the reasons David gives why God should rescue him at the different points in his life. As a young man fleeing from King Saul, he prayed to God to rescue him because God had given his promise that David would one day be king over Israel. And then when he was older and he was king and he was being attacked by the foreign nations on every side, then he prayed for God to rescue him so that Israel could be a strong and successful country with peace from its enemies. But what did he pray when he was an old man, when he was on his deathbed, when when he was so cold that his body could not keep warm? And one of his sons, Adonijah, chose to organise a rebellion against him to try to stop Solomon becoming king after him. Because in that situation too, David prayed for God to rescue him. And we have a prayer which may come from that point in David's life in Psalm 71. And that's an insight into the reason that David gave God for that prayer when David was an old man. My name is Keith Simons. I'm a Bible teacher from England and I present these talks on how to understand the King James Bible using the Psalms and looking at each Psalm word by word and verse by verse. So today we're looking at Psalm 71. This psalm has no ancient title and it seems to follow logically from the previous psalm, Psalm 70. In fact, in the middle of this psalm, there seems to be a repetition in different words of the first two verses in Psalm 70. We'll see that when we reach verses 12 and 13. But it begins, Psalm 71 begins... In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Yes, in his old age too, David turned to God, to the God of Israel, to the eternal God. The word Lord there is God's most holy name, the name that the Jewish people don't even pronounce. Yes, David knew who he put his trust in. His trust was not in his army. At the end of his life, even Joab, the army commander who had supported him throughout his life, turned against David and against Solomon. So David couldn't trust his army. He couldn't trust his guards. He could only trust God in thee, O Lord. Do I put my trust? Let me never be put to confusion. May I never be ashamed of my trust in you? How can I be ashamed of the living God, the God who rules heaven and earth, for he is 
my God. Verse 2. Deliver me in thy righteousness, and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me, and save me. David doesn't pray to be rescued because he is a right and good person. He prays to God, deliver me or rescue me in thy righteousness, because you, God, are right and all that you do is good. Therefore, rescue me, cause me to escape from these troubles. Incline thine ear unto me. To incline means to turn. So he's asking God, as it were, to turn his ear towards David and to listen to this prayer, this prayer for God to rescue David. Verse 3. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Habitation. My home, the place where I live, the place where I am safe, the place where I can constantly resort or go to. I go to you, God, and in you I find the comfort and the safety I need, because thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. God, you've given your commandment, you've given your word, you've given your direction that I should be rescued, and the words of God are powerful. This, David could say, I've seen throughout my life, as I've trusted God, God's given his word to rescue me, because he is my rock and my fortress. A rock, like the rock of a, a strong mountain, standing above the ground about. God, you've given me a high place to live, and it's with you. It's in you, because you are my strong habitation. And my fortress, uh, a fortress is a castle, a safe place, a strong place. David says, David had a fortress. He, he, he had a very, very strong place to live in, in Jerusalem, in the palace which he built there. That was a strong and a safe place. But it wasn't safe against David's own army commanders. It wasn't safe against David's bodyguards. No, they could enter that place freely. And David wasn't safe there. No, David had to see God as his safe place, his strong place, his defence. Verse 4. Deliver me, O my God. Save me, rescue me, he's praying. Deliver me out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. So David's enemies are wicked people. They've got evil plans. They're unrighteous people. They don't serve God. They're cruel people. They do evil things. David is turning again to God and he remembers now how God has saved him so often in the past. Verse 5 and, and verse 6. For thou art my hope. O Lord God, thou art my trust from my youth. By thee have I been holden up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. OK, what David is saying here is that all his life he's had to depend on God. 
at every occasion, in every situation, even from his birth, God had called him and God was looking after him. And so, of course, now that he's an old man, he's going to turn to God. When he was a young man, he trusted God. It would be terrible now if he as an old man should turn away from God and depend on himself or his wealth or his strength. No, he knows that it is God who he must trust. And yet he's still learning new things about God. Look very closely in the middle of verse 5 at that phrase, Lord God. We often see God called the Lord God in the Bible. But as you look at those words, maybe you'll start to see something different to what you normally see. Because usually in the Bible, when we see the phrase Lord God, the word Lord is in block capitals to signify that that's God's holy name, the sacred name that the Jews don't pronounce. And God, we see as in normal type with just a capital letter G. But here it's reversed. The Lord is in normal type and the God is in block capitals. That means that David is not praying Lord God in the sense of Jehovah, the holy God of Israel, is God. He's praying Adonai. That's a word that means a lord or a master or a ruler. He's saying, God, you are the ruler. That's the meaning here. When we see Lord God with the normal typing that we're used to, it's saying the true God is is Jehovah. The true God is Israel's God. But this time it's saying Jehovah, Israel's God, is my ruler. He is my king. Oh, David had been a king when he prayed this, this psalm for about 40 years. And yet he discovered now, now in his old age, he discovered and it had come to reality in his mind that God was his king, that God was his ruler, this God who he'd served from childhood, this God who he trusted through his youth. And now in his old age, he's got this revelation that he can trust God because God is his king. Let's take apart verse 6 because it may be difficult to understand. By thee have I been holden up, held up, from the womb. In other words, God, it's you, you who took me out of my mother's womb. It's you who separated me from my mother's womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. The word bowels today we use to mean the digestive system, the last part of it. Um, but the King James Bible is clearly using it for the reproductive system. It is expressing the passages from the womb out into the world. And it's saying, God, you, you caused me to be born. You, you caused me to be born successfully. So I belong to you. I belong to you for my whole life. And I can put my trust and my hope in you, even in this situation of very old age. Verse 7. I am as a wonder unto many, but thou 
art my strong refuge. What does he mean as a wonder? He means people wonder at me. They wonder how such a great man has become so weak. They wonder how a man who was so important and who was famous for his victories, who defeated Goliath, that the man who overcame all his enemies and the nations round about, and now he's weak and he's cold and he's in bed and he's unable to leave his bed, and people are wondering at his weakness, and people are saying that his son who is opposing him will certainly become king. But David can pray, Thou, God, art my strong refuge. A refuge means a shelter. God, it's you who I look for as my place of safety in all these troubles. So, verse 8, let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honour all the day. God, I, I don't want to speak about my troubles. I want to speak about you. God, I want to speak about your greatness and about your honour. My son has been dishonourable to me, but you are God to whom all honour belongs. You deserve praise and so I want to praise you. Verse 9. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. So cast means to throw away. Don't throw me away now, Lord. I'm an old man. My strength is failing. Don't forsake me. Don't leave me. It's you who I depend on. It's you who I need now, just as I've needed you so often through my life. Verse 10, for mine enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together. Okay, mine enemies speak against me. My enemies are speaking words, making their plans against me. But so are they that lay wait for my soul. Now that, as we've got it in the King James Bible, means my enemies, those who lay wait for me, are those who are waiting to trap me. But uh, there is another translation of this which is curious. And they that lay wait, uh, they that wait on my soul, take counsel together. In other words, those that wait on him, who waits on him, his servants, his guards. So this could be saying that my guards, even my bodyguards, are taking counsel together. Counsel means advice. To take counsel together means to discuss plans. These people are making plans and they're making plans against me. People who I could have trusted and who I should be able to trust. Remember we said that at the end of David's life, the commander of David's army turned against him. Yes, they were plotting against David and saying, verse 11, God hath forsaken him. Persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver him. What were they saying? God hath forsaken him. God has abandoned him. God has left David. Once he could call on God, but now... He's weak. He's vulnerable. We can attack him. That word persecute really means follow after him, chase him and take him, arrest him, kill him. 
There's no one to deliver him, no one to save him. If God's left David, then no one will save David. So now David prays in an echo of what he prayed in verse 70. Sorry, what he prayed in Psalm 70, verses 1 to 2. Psalm 71, verse 12. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. Psalm 70, verse 1 was, Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. And then in verse 13, he continues to repeat what he prayed in Psalm 70. Let me read you firstly Psalm 17, verse 2. Let them be ashamed and confounded that seek after my soul. Let them be turned backward and put to confusion that desire my hurt. And now Psalm 71 and verse 13. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonour that seek my hurt. Taking apart that verse, adversaries are enemies. Confounded and consumed. Confounded means ashamed. And consumed means utterly defeated. God, I'm praying that you will make my enemies ashamed of their foolish plans. That you will utterly defeat their foolish plans. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonour. Reproach and dishonour are similar words. They, they sort of mean scorn and shame in the Hebrew. Let, 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 them, let them be laughed at. Let them be shamed that they ever made these plans. They seek my hurt. They seek to do evil things to me, to do bad things to me. David continues in verse 14. But I will hope continually, and I will yet praise thee more and more. Yes, his hope is in God. His hope is the expectation that God will do good things, even in this hopeless situation, this situation that seems hopeless. And so God will act, and that will give David reasons to praise God more and more. And David thinks of how he will praise God. And he declares in verse 15, My mouth shall shoot forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. Okay, his mouth is going to show forth God's righteousness and his salvation. God's righteousness, that God is right and good and kind and God's salvation that God rescues his people from the dangers that they have from their troubles for I know not the numbers thereof thereof means of them for I know not the numbers of them the numbers of what of God's righteousness and of God's salvation in other words, he's saying, I can't count God's righteousness and God's salvation. It is so much. Even though I speak about it all the day, I can't declare it fully. 
My description of God's righteousness and God's salvation is imperfect, but I'm still going to declare it because it is so wonderful. And I'm going to declare it all the day because the number of times that God rescues me, the number of times that God acts in his righteousness, is beyond what I can count. Count your blessings, says the popular song. David would say, he can't count his blessings, but he's going to declare them anyway, because God is so good. And oh, I, David, am weak and ill and have no strength. I'm going to have to depend on God's strength. Verse 16, I will go in the strength of the Lord God. You'll see again, this is God the King, God the Ruler. Uh, with Lord in normal time and God in capitals. I will men make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. God, the perfect God, God, the God who does everything right. It's in his strength that I rely. It's in his strength that I depend. Verse 17. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. God, I've been learning. I've been learning since the day I was a young man. Through all these troubles, through all these dangers, you've been teaching me. And hitherto, up till this time, I've declared thy wondrous works. I've had every opportunity to declare the good things that you do because they've been active in my life. So let them be active in my life, even now, in my old age. God, please act powerfully. Verse 18, now also, when I am old and grey-headed. In other words, he's an old man and his hair has turned grey. Now also, when I am old and grey-headed, O oh God, forsake me not. What was it the enemy said in verse 11? God hath forsaken him. God has left him. But David prays now, even though I'm an old man, God, don't forsake me. Don't leave me. Not until that day when, verse 18, second half of verse, I have shewed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. I spoke at the beginning of this talk about what David's motivation was and what reasons David gave to God to rescue him. And David now shows what it was that kept him going and kept him trusting in God in his very old age as he was dying there. He wanted to shew thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Oh, he wanted to shew, to tell the strength of God to this generation, to the people alive now. He wanted to tell people in the future about the power of God. He wanted the young men and the children to know that God is truly great and truly powerful and truly strong. And so he said, God, even in my old age, even now as death seems near, 
let me have one final opportunity, like Samson of old. Let me have an opportunity to show the strength of God to people around me, to give a clear testimony to everyone in the future of how wonderful God is, how great he is, and the good things that he does to his people. Verse 19. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high, who hast done great things. O God, who is like unto thee? That final half of the verse, O God, who is like unto thee? Uh, it's got an exclamation mark in the King James Version because he's saying no one is like God. If we printed that in a modern version today, we'd print it with a question mark. We would say David's asking a rhetorical question. God, who is like unto thee? Answer, no one is like God. No one is as powerful as God. No one has God's righteousness, God's perfection. No one does the great things that God does. But uh, maybe they knew more about how they should write English in the King James Bible because they can't bear to put a question mark after that. They make this an exclamation. Oh God, who is like thee? It's an exclamation. It's a bold statement. There is no one like God. No one as wonderful or as great as him. Verse 20. Thou which hast shewed me great and sore troubles shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou who has, which hast shewed me great and sore troubles. I mentioned in verse 18 that the word shewed, I have shewed thy strength unto this generation. That means in the Hebrew language told. But it's a different Hebrew word for shewed or showed in verse 20. And uh, it is perhaps it means to cause someone to see something. And so in verse 20, the meaning is thou, you, who has caused me to see great and sore troubles. In other words, you've allowed me in my life to see great and terrible troubles. You've allowed me to go through all these difficulties. But my faith, David is saying, is in you, God. My faith is in you beyond my current situation. For David wrote this as an old man who was dying, and yet he believed in the resurrection of the dead. For he declares that although God had caused him in his life to see great and sore troubles, God shall quicken me again. The word quicken means to bring to life from death. God I believe that even when my time comes to die, there is a future life for me. I don't believe that my body will rot in the grave and that will be the end of it. And people will say, well, David was a great man. No, I'm going to live with you, God, forever. You're going to bring life. You're going to bring life to my spirit as I go to heaven when I die but you're going to bring life even to my body because you shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. The depths of the earth is a word picture that often in the Bible means the grave. God 
you're going to cause my dead body to live again. When? In the time of King Messiah, when God's future king, the perfect king, rules. Then you will bring me to life and then I shall see the fulfilment of all your promises to Israel and all your promises to your people. Verse 21, David declares, Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. You're, you're going to to raise me up from death. You're going to give me a place with you as a servant of you in your kingdom. You are the Lord God. You are God, the ruler, God, the king. And then I will know comfort on every side. Yes, David knew for a time on earth, freedom from his enemies, when God brought him peace in Israel on each side of Israel. But the the fullness of that peace was not for David's life. David saw beyond his life on earth to the future life of the resurrection. And he knew that the songs that he sang on earth to praise God, the songs that he sang in his life 3,000 years ago, were not to be the end of his songs. Verse 22. I will also praise thee with the psaltery, even thy truth, O my God, turn to thee will I sing with the harp, O thou Holy One of Israel. The psaltery and the harp, two ancient musical instruments with strings, instruments that David delighted to play on in order to praise God. Why? Because with a stringed instrument you can sing as you play it. You can't do that with a flute or, or with a, a tin whistle or, or with a trumpet. You can't sing as you play it. But David could take a stringed instrument and he could praise God along with it, with his voice and how much he wanted to sing to God. Once more, he, he uses different names for God. Oh my God, oh thou Holy One of Israel, God, Israel's God, my God, I want to praise you. I want to rejoice in you. And verse 23, my lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee and my soul, which thou hast redeemed. Oh, he thinks of his lips, his mouth praising God and the joy that's going to be in his smile, as he sings praise to God, his saviour, his protector, his friend and his king. And what's more, his soul, his inner person, will also rejoice. It won't just be words with his mouth, but deep within him. He will be praising God and his soul should praise God. His inner life should praise God because God has redeemed him. To be redeemed means to be, it means to be ransomed. Like when you pay a price to an enemy to free someone, David says, God, you're going to pay the price to free my soul so that I can praise you, so that I can honour you. Verse 24, my tongue shall also talk of thy righteousness all the day long. Yes, David is determined to declare the righteousness of God. 
David is determined to declare how good and how perfect and how great a God he serves. And he's going to do it all the time, all the day long, continually, as he said in the past in this psalm. And he has a reason to praise God, because God will give him that deliverance which he's prayed for. They are confounded. They are brought into shame that seek my hurt. Those who wanted to do bad things against me will be truly ashamed at the utter defeat of their plans, because God will rescue me from these troubles, David declares. In a moment, I'm going to read you the whole psalm. First, though, my email address, because I'd like you to write to me, 333kjv at gmail.com. Please let me know where in the world you're writing from. 333kjv at gmail.com. And now let me read you the whole of Psalm 71. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be my strong, be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. By thee have I been holden up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. I am as a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honour all the day. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth, for mine enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God hath forsaken him. Persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonour that seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall shew forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. 
now also when I am old and grey-headed. O God, forsake me not, until I have shewed thy strength unto this generation, and thy power to every one that is to come. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high, who has done great things. O God, who is like unto thee? Thou, which hast shewed me great and sore troubles, shall quicken me again, and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase my greatness, and comfort me on every side. I will also praise thee with the psaltery, even thy truth, O my God, unto thee will I sing with the harp, O thou holy one of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my soul, which thou hast redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought unto shame that seek my hurt.